We're Lewis and Pete from Personal Trainer Paul. We've built up over 14 years of combined experience personal training and now we're here to help gym floor personal trainers to earn more money, get more clients and reduce the stress and anxiety of starting out in the industry. Let's dive into this episode. Hello and welcome back to the Personal Trainer Portal podcast episode 61. Today we're speaking about how to sell personal training without actually selling personal training. Sounds a little bit weird to say, but if you stick with us, we'll elaborate later on in the podcast. But first off, how are you doing? It's my favorite time of the week, Tuesday afternoon, finish work a bit early and I get to see you for sometimes an hour, sometimes longer. So I'm feeling great about it. And Star Codswallow. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I wait all week for this sort of... Uh, it just builds up, doesn't it? It builds up, builds up, builds up. And then before it's Tuesday, next Tuesday, again, really, aren't we? Talking of cack, what, what have you got from you this week? Well, it's a bit tricky this week. I've not got anything straightforward. All I'd say to you was, um, I was just going to ask you some funny questions. Maybe. Well, last last week, we had a little bit of a... Um... A newsworthy topic, didn't we? We had the Chris Walk, Chris Walk, Chris Rock, sorry, Chris Rock, Will Smith situation, didn't we? But this week, I don't think there's really. I mean, apart from the obvious of like the the ongoing war in Ukraine, there's not. A, I mean, an immediate sorry. thing like Chris Rock and Will Smith. I know really? of anyway. <laughs> not that I know of. So what I was going to say, if you basically. Let's say you're on death row and you've got a week. Well, you're on the, you, you've got a week to live, right? And the prison governor's come around and he says, Lewis, as you next Tuesday is D-Day. Exactly. What You've got one meal, three courses. Three courses. Last meal, three courses, yeah. So a starter, main, dessert. So I have so thought about this multiple times. And me and Alex have spoken about this. I've spoken about with clients. For a st- I've never gone for the three costs. I get taken the piss out of by some of my clients because really? I always <laughs> because I, cheating bastard because I always put soup. So I always have, I always have soup as a starter, like pretty much anywhere I go. Because what sort of you pick? Like? Well, soup, just whatever the place. Oh no. You can't beat it. I don't know why well, people I said, I'm going to say now, I don't think the prison has the soup of the day. Um, no, it probably doesn't, does it? Um, you know what, then? So, I know this is really random, but I'd probably have an onion barge. Do you know, like when you go with Indian takeaway? <laughs> Do you know when you go to Indian takeaway? An Indian restaurant, or even a takeaway, for that matter, I'll always get an onion barge, and it oh, it's just so good as a starter. Now, I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. I do love an onion bhaji, but I wouldn't tend to get it on its own as a start. I would get it with the main. Oh, really? Yeah, I think I think you're really missing out. I think the combination of rice, naan, curry. Actually, what's your what's your curry on? Well, as you, I don't like anything too mild. Bit of a controversial one is I quite like, and if if anyone's on here and they're strict on their curries, probably what I'm going to say is punishable by death. But I quite like getting a mild curry and asking for it spicier. And I'm sorry. Yeah. Why don't you just get a spicier curry? Because it let, let's take the korma, for instance. <laughs> I'm not saying I do or do not get a korma. Yeah. <laughs> let's say we've got, you know, korma on the menu and 
If you, have you eaten a corner, Lewis? I have, but my go-to order is a tikka masala. So the right. other boring. This, so we could even do this with the tikka masala. Yeah. Let's take tikka masala, right? Lovely dish, yeah? Nice curry, oh. not too spicy. Yeah, though. I'm not. And as you know, back in the day, I got the nickname spicy, not just for my curry. <laughs> I was going to uh, say that was spice boy. I think it was also some of the stuff I wore. But anyway, that's a different story. Now, I'd, I love getting a tikka masala, but saying quite a lot of Indian restaurants do it and takeaways, so it mustn't be as punishable as I'm maybe worrying about. But you can have it hot. So you could have it like Madras hot. But when you... So would, would your go-to... Go on then. What's your go-to order? Would you get it usually? I mean, korma is another great curry. You could do that. If you've ever had... So hang on, if I said I want a tikka masala in an Indian, and I, but I took your route and and said, oh, can I have it a little bit spicier? What what would they do? What would they actually add? Just chilies? Well, I'd hope they'd make it spicier. Yeah, they they just add chilies to it. So that's why. Well, I'd, I'd, no, I don't buy the chilies myself. I just <laughs> ask for the. I don't. Oh, it's here. I'll chop up the chili then. Sorry if, to all the listeners. It is you've got to put up with Pete's sarcasm from side to, time to time. I'm never yeah. sarcastic, so you don't no. get that out of me. No, never at all. Not at all. You're you're probably the second most sarcastic person I know after myself. I'd I'd you know probably go tikka masala madras hot. Oh, so that's what you is is that like what you'd say then tikka masala madras hot? No, because there's some restaurant. <laughs> The restaurant. I know. All I'm trying to ask is what your order is. What is your order? I, I mean, I don't want to come across like a politician here, avoiding the answer. But <laughs> you all I'm saying is, there's not there's not like a universal spice level. So what one Joe Bloggs Indian restaurant and that the corner from my house, they might do Madras hot, Vindaloo hot, Fal hot. And then you might go your Joe Blogs Indian around the corner, and they might just put mild, medium, hot, right, very hot. So that's what we're working with here, Lewis. So, so use you the think- image. What is your go-to Indian order? That's all I want to know. Pretty masala hot. Maybe a nice pilau rice. Sometimes, if I'm treating myself, kima rice. And then I do really like a pasquari naan, that coconutty. I've never had the coconut lot, no. You're missing out, big style. What rice did you get? Did you say just normal pilau? Either pilau or sometimes a keema, so you get a bit of meat in there as well. So yeah, mine's normally an onion bhaji for starter. Getting back to the original, <laughs> oh. getting back to the original question of my death row three course meal, is that onion bhaji would normally be my starter. You get it with the mango chutney and the, the other yogurt spice. Oh. We do not get the poppadoms with it as well, though. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, poppadoms yeah. normally just come as is, don't they, in an Indian table. I don't know if they come as is on death row, but usually in an Indian restaurant, you get the onion bhaji, they bring the poppadoms over with the mango chutney. It's just What's stuff wrong? to die for. Is literally. Zach. Zach, the, my 11-year-old, that's done. He, um, he loves poppadom, but play. And I just think you know, like psychopath, a psychopath for doing that. I mean, they just put it in mango. But funny story on an Indian. Uh, I actually played for a, a restaurant team. Indian restaurant. Yeah, that's what right. I said, didn't it? I actually played football with a fella, he's English, who owns an Indian restaurant. Right. Uh, and we actually play Balti Balti Kit. 
and he always, I always have to get my order off him, but he always, I got, I got done over on a Papa Dom order once. Cause I, what I used to do is text him ahead of time and say, look, I think you've We're ordering me. an Indian. Can you sort me out? And the day I text that, he didn't get it or something. Anyway, I got less poppadoms than I actually ordered. So you can imagine how annoyed I was. Because I thought, oh, I was, t- I was telling Reeves, oh, I've texted Sean, uh, the owner of the restaurant. And now I've said, just sort me out. Play football with them. I thought I'd get some, you know, preferential treatment. Uh, and I got less than, than actually what I paid for. So... From that point on, I haven't let him live it down. And I've, I've threatened to go to a rival Indian house, Indian curry house called Delhi Delights. And let's just say the next time I ordered off Sean, <laughs> I have never seen all of them in the restaurant. <laughs> Honestly, there was probably, I think I'd ordered for four of us. And I think there was five poppadons per person. So you, you're looking at a stack of poppadons, you can't see it because I'm showing you how big it is. But yeah, probably about the 20 poppadoms. And the, the mango and the mint sauce and the onion. Yeah, so yeah. Well, the size that you would normally get a rice in. Yeah. If, if you were going to a curry house where they, they look after you and you get a decent rice side, even what you'd get your onion barges in. I got a mango chutney full of that. Oh. I got a mint, a full rice-sized container of onion salad. I'm not kidding you. So yeah, he, he got me back on that one. I've been known to just spoon the mango chutney out the jar, like just eat like nearly a half of the jar of just mango <laughs> chutney. It's the whole. But anyway, getting get it right. We need to get, get back, back. To this, for starters. I think that's what I have with like some mango chutney, all that stuff. This is <laughs> this is going to be total random selection. And you know what it is? We made a delicious lasagna on Sunday, Ooh, and I maybe I'm lasagna. I'm slightly biased at the minute purely because I've just had it. Whereas if you'd asked me last week, I probably wouldn't have said lasagna. But I would have some type of pasta dish for me, and I know I would, with a load of garlic bread. At the minute, because the lasagna was so nice, I'd say lasagna, but I'd be happy with spag ball, garlic bread. Oh, and then dessert. Oh, it's a tough one. Maybe like a Biscoff cheesecake or something. Really? Biscoff cheesecake? Yeah. So that is a bit bit of a random selection there. That is, I mean, uh... I dread the thing what the toilet would be like after that and, uh, it's a bit combination of foods. You've you've really you've flown around the world there, haven't you? Yeah, and you know me. I think in terms of start, I definitely wouldn't pick soup of the day. Let's just say that. I might go for it's a bit old school, a bit back in the day prawn cocktail. And you're probably I've gonna never say, co- I've ordered prawn cocktail crisps. Oh, brilliant prawn cocktail crisps. <laughs> but yeah, I think a really good Prawn cocktail, or have you had prawns and avocado? No. With the the Mary Rose dressing? No. Oh, beautiful. Uh, that would be up there. And um, I'm just trying to be a bit quicker than you. And then, tricky one, either pizza, really good pizza. Yeah. I mean, you can't beat a pizza. You, you can't. Or a really nice Sunday dinner. So Roops yeah. makes a really yeah. good Sunday dinner. She makes her Yorkshire puddings the, the mix the day before. And honestly. Next time I'm over there, I want her to make, make me a wee roast. They come out so big. And I actually, when I was last over, in, I, went, I went over to a wedding, didn't I? I had the pleasure of going with Jimmy that we both know. And he is, how can we describe it? I mean, 
I've never met anyone that has such contempt for Yorkshire puddings. Really. He, he sickened me when he told me that he would use frozen Yorkshire puddings rather than the hassle, rather than the hassle of making his own. I mean, we do the frozen Yorkshire puddings as well, but it is more out of convenience. But I do prefer the, the proper stuff. Yeah, of course. Like, and then he, he, he then went on to tell me, Oh yeah, I hate them big ones. You've heard like, him say that before. Yeah. I said, you're doing the recipe all wrong. So we use James Martin's recipe. Do it the day before the batter mix. Fantastic. And they're moist as well. Ooh, not, no dry. None of that dry in this house. Slip. Probably go for Sunday dinner. Let's say Sunday dinner or nice pizza. Cheers. Right. So you've Bar got prawn cocktail. You've got Sunday yeah. roast. And what's your dessert? It's either a toss-up of a sticky toffee pudding yeah. with custard. Kind of wrong. Or really nice apple crumble and custard. But really nice apple crumble. None of that normal apple. <laughs> no. You don't have it to... It's got to be someone, old woman's. Alex apple it. crumble. It's delicious. Well, she didn't make me any when you came over. Well, Ruby didn't make me any Yorkshire puddings. Well, I didn't know you were into Yorkshire puddings. I didn't know you were into apple crumble. <laughs> anyway, that's the end of the anyway, podcast. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we'll be uh, on episode 62 <laughs> next week. So there we go. We've identified our death row meals. Now we're going to speak about the reason you all came here for how to sell personal training without actually selling. We've spoken about on this podcast when we first appeared, became personal trainers back in 2015. I wasn't taught how to sell PT and in my level three qualification, I just thought I'd be able to turn up to the gym, walk around, speak to a few people. People would be interested in my services. I'd be able to get five to 10 people in a consultation. I'd sell them on two sessions a week. What was your uncle? 30 pound a session. Jobs are good. And that's it. I'm making good money. But lo and behold, it didn't really work out like that. I always found that, I mean, it was hard enough getting people into a consultation, but once I got them into a consultation, I didn't really know what I needed to say because I didn't know how to sell. And even the, the thought of selling gets you a little bit anxious, doesn't it? When you don't really know what you should be saying. And the thought of talking about, let's be honest, a decent amount of money is quite nerve wracking when you're not used to it. Can you remember what it was like when you first started selling consultations, Pete? Yeah, I think I was just, when you were speaking there, I just, it took me back to uh, the consultation room in the gym that we started out and sort of sweaty palms sitting there thinking, I've got, how am I going to sell this? Like, I haven't really thought about this. I've just got them in for a consultation. I'm just hoping they say, right, I'll, I'll take you up on that offer. Yeah. And I think when we first started, would you probably agree as well that it's just, you don't have a clue, do you? You've gone in there, you've maybe, maybe you've had present presence of mind to jot down a few questions and you've might, you might have, hopefully you've got your park queue for at least to get them to tell you of any past injuries or any health problems. But then you're thinking, right, what do I do now? So it's, I think it was a bit scary. And then you, you sort of listing the features of your training that every PT in the world offers the same, well, I'll give you a training plan. I'll help you with the nutrition. I'll give you some recipes as well. These features. And I think you miss a lot of the important things without realizing because you haven't sit, sat, sat down and, and realized what's involved in selling, what's involved in a good consultation and what you need to extract from them. And 
then you also have the worry of objections and you're thinking, well, if, if someone objects to PTing with you, say you were messaging them and they'd message you out of the blue and you said, look, are you interested PT? They might come back with objections and you have a bit of time to sort of firefight that, don't you? You can think, well, so it sounds like money's a problem and then you can go into why money shouldn't be a problem. But when someone's right in front of you and you've just started PT and they're like, well, it's, it's just it's too expensive for me. I'd have to talk to my partner and you, you have to sort of think on your feet and that makes adds to the worry, the stress of it. And, and you when you first start them, you don't know how to handle that. No. And that's the other thing. You're not very confident in your service probably either. So you, you might even feel a bit of an imposter being sat there asking for 30 pounds an hour when reality is stuff, uh, you're just not experienced within coaching a lot of people yet. So the more consultations you do, the easier it got. But going back to that first consultation, our first few consultations, it was learning the job. Definitely. Exactly. And I think there was a lot of times I remember speaking to people in a consultation, they seemed really keen. As the consultation got further down the line, there was that elephant in the room of they wanted to know how much it costed, but I hadn't mentioned the price yet. And because I didn't really want to mention the price because I was nervous that, that it would put them off. So it was almost like we'd go around in circles with what we're talking about, but not actually get to the, the price. But what you really want to try and do is almost let them do the selling for themselves. If you're trying to do all the heavy lifting and you're the one trying to sell them onto this thing, what they're not really sure about, and they don't really know if they even want anywhere, it's going to be a lot harder and you're going to have to be a lot more of a, a pro salesman to actually get them on to PT. Because at the end of the day, if they don't have an emotional connection to wanting to get better with their fitness, health, whatever it may be, then they're probably not going to pay two, three, four hundred pounds a month for your services. What would you say is the first thing people need to think about then to try and sell without selling? A really good listener. You've got to have the questions in your mind that you need to ask them to extract the information. So you're talking about heavy lifting. And if we take our first few consultations, we did the heavy lifting, didn't we? In terms of we felt we had to have a million questions and, and try and extract the stuff. But the, the questions we'll probably ask them easily answered with a short answer. And we maybe took their answers on face value where if we actually dug into that and, and asked why. So people, the one, or not many people are open on it. They're quite closed off. And when they've come to a consultation, although the PT is nervous when you're starting out, we were, they're probably twice as nervous, aren't they? They're probably exactly. a lot more nervous than us because they're in a the gym and they've, they've, they're seeking help of a professional, which is you hopefully in that consultation room. But then they're in a position where you're asking about their weaknesses, essentially something they're not comfortable with, weight, confidence, self-confidence. So it's really hard for someone that does it. They don't really probably know you that well. If you've followed the other podcasts and you've done the stuff we've mentioned about talking to them, building up that relationship, that should be easier. But you've got to put yourself in their shoes. They're really nervous. They're talking openly about areas they're not happy with, which is hard. We can all talk about things we're happy and strong and confident in, but then talking to a stranger, essentially, or someone we don't know that very, that well, telling them some of your maybe darkest 
deeper secrets, but things that you don't tell others. You might not have told you them. They might not have told their partners the real reason they want to join the gym. Maybe the fact every time they look in the mirror, they just hate themselves. The fact that they've got a kid and they just, they, they can't take them in the swimming pool because they're not comfortable in their swimwear, whatever it is. So questioning everything. Why are you here? Well, my goal is to lose some weight, but why do you want to lose some weight? Well, I want to lose some weight. So when I pass the mirror, I don't sort of, what, sorry, when I go near a mirror, I, I stop and I can have a look at myself. I don't sort of avoid the mirror because I hate the sight of myself. That's really digging deep. And then if you know those sort of, that sort of information, you can then use that to sell to them. So you're using their words to sell to them. And that is the key of marketing. That is the key of sales. That simple idea, get them to do the heavy lifting. The heavy lifting in this occasion is the real juicy answers, the whys, you know, exactly. the whys to the questions. That is going to essentially give you the marketing goal to sell to them. And if you're a new PT listening to this, we know exactly what it's like to be sat in a consultation where you feel a little bit nervous because you've never been taught how to sell in a consultation. You're not really sure what questions you should be asking. You're not really, you don't really know how to deal with some of the things the, the potential client is actually saying. As Pete just said there, they might be telling you things they haven't told many other people. And if you don't know how to respond to that, if you're doing things like talking over them or speaking about yourself or speaking about other people, they're not going to feel like you're actually listening. At the end of the day, the, I'd say the absolute basic thing, basic principle you can do is just to listen. If you're not sure about anything else, absolutely nothing in the consultation, you don't know what to do, at least just listen. Because if you just show that you're listening, then that, that's almost half the battle, if not more than half the battle. Because they, most of the time, just want someone to hear what their problems are and what their goals are. And as Pete just said there, asking them more open-ended questions, ask them why they want to lose weight, ask them why they want that goal. And that's when you want to actually start tapping into their emotions, which we can talk about now is that the more they speak about their emotions as opposed to the external factors of why they want to get to XYZ goal, the more likely they are to actually have that emotional connection with you in terms of you being the authority figure, the PT, and they will know that what their emotional triggers are. So you can actually help them get to their goal. So asking them about how it makes them feel to the, why they're in the position they are. For example, like Pete just said, if they feel like they want to lose weight, then you ask why, well, I want to go swimming. I want to be able to take my kids swimming and not feel horrible about my body. I want to feel like I'm not upset when I see myself in a bikini or a swim shorts, whatever it may be. And as soon as you get them to explain their emotions, they're going to be a lot more intact with their goals, which they actually want to achieve to get over their struggles and problems. I think as well, it's really important to mention, you're talking about tapping into their emotion, tapping into their pain points. You can then use that to sort of sell the features of your coaching as well. So the last thing we want to do is you to sit there and list the features of your coach, nutrition plan, training plan. Uh, I'll do check-ins with you, get your measurements done once a month. Especially if you haven't asked the open-ended questions and got to the one. Exactly. People if some of their emotional triggers. So Lewis there mentioned about someone that wasn't comfortable going to the swimming pool, taking their kids. You could use that piece of information 
and put that into your, the coaching that you're trying to sell. So you could say, look, I know why you want to lose weight. So let's set the goal to get you in the swimming pool with your child. So at the end of 12 weeks, we want you to be closer to that point. Then suddenly you're selling a product that is personalized to them, tailored to them. It's not, you, you haven't just got it off the shelf, online coaching app that does this, this, and this, that doesn't dig into their emotions and their problems. Someone is going to want to buy that coaching off you. If you've shown that you understand their, their problems, their pain points, their struggles, and that your program can help them get from where they are now to where they want to be, that is going to sell it rather than here's a list of the features, including your coaching service. Cause no one really cares about that. Exactly. So it's a big selling point. Yeah. And just to almost lay this out for you as the listener, what you don't want to do is have someone come into a, a potential client, come into a consultation, you for the first five or 10 minutes about your personal training, about you yourself and your own training. And then you ask maybe one or two questions and then you talk over them. And then straight away, you start listing the benefits like the 24 seven support, the training nutrition plan, and then immediately you state the price. That's how not to do it. How to do it is to have someone come into a consultation. You make a little bit of small talk, maybe at first crack a joke, just so, you know, you're taking away the tension and then straight away, ask them a few big open-ended questions and allow that potential client to do the heavy lifting of the consultation as we just touched on. And then you can start asking why. The more times you ask what, how and why, the more likely they are to tap into their emotions. Once they start tapping into their emotions, they're going to feel like they actually want, uh, not want, but actually need to sign up with you because you're the one who's actually going to get them to feeling or not feeling those horrible emotions, which they have been feeling, get them to their goal, which they so desperately want to be. So compared to not listening and just listening features. So that's how to just sell personal training without actually selling. It's purely just asking a few open-ended questions, listening and getting the potential client to speak more openly about their emotions. And then when you do eventually come on to speaking about the price, for example, they are already invested in their mind. Obviously, if you charge a ridiculous, stupid amount, thousands of pounds, then yes, maybe that might still be a hindrance, but nine times out of 10, they have already been sold to because they've done the selling to themselves because they've spoke around their emotions. You've listened and you've put out a clear action plan of how are you going to get them to their goal? So that's how not and how to sell PT without actually selling. Anything you want to say, Pete? Yeah. The, I mean, all that stuff, say again, is really important that you've touched on, but just remember, you know, if you're feeling nervous about these consultations, put yourselves in their shoes. Those people are coming to you with problems and they're opening up to you, hopefully, and that takes some guts. So they're probably feeling worse than you are. So just remember you're the sort of authority. And if you think you're nervous, they're going to be really nervous. So make sure you take all of that into account and really sort of jot down how you're going to construct a consultation, the questions you need to, to ask, have it somewhere that you can see it, whether it's on a form um, or on your laptop a tablet, whatever, and make it look professional as well. That's all led out to it. Exactly. So if you want to actually know how to get to the point where you're earning more money, consistently generating clients, 
and reducing the stress of starting out of personal training on the gym floor, especially if you're in the first three years, head to the link in our description where we've got our completely free PT mastermind, as well as our in-depth thorough course to, as I said, get you more clients, earn more money and reduce the stress. Hope you enjoyed this one, how to sell PT without actually PTing. We will see you in the next one. Cheers, guys.